Hello and welcome to the Nexus Talks podcast. Here at Nexus, we delve into the experiences and insights from specialists and thought leaders within the creative, tech and digital industries across the globe. At Nexus, we speak freely and touch on the topics that often go unspoken. Honestly, Rima, thank you so much for joining us on Nexus Talks. It's honestly such a pleasure. Already, you've thrown a curveball at me and I love that. (laughs) We're going to take it back, though, and find out a bit more about you, so how it all started. So you have been a creative director for a long time, started off as a TV producer. How did you even get into the world of TV? I'm so interested to hear this. So a little bit about me, right? So I'm Rima. I'm from uh, India. I've been a uh, creative director for a couple of years now. And uh, before that, I've transitioned into several roles, whether it was a project head or an executive producer in different capacities at different production houses. Um, currently, I'm in LA. I'm doing uh, my MBA in digital communication and uh, completely excited for this journey and this ride. It's been, it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, uh, I started very early um, when I was 17 years old. And uh, I started my journey when I was working uh, as, a, as an intern for a, for a news channel. And that was crazy because when you work in a news channel, you're practically doing everything, right? You start off with writing your own scripts, shooting your own scripts. There were times they told me you got to anchor because we don't have the, the anchors not showing up for the days. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I can do that, <laughs> you know? And then editing your content, so basically running the whole show, right? So I think at the very initial stage of my of my career, I kind of got lucky with, you know, people who pushed me to, you know, just learn everything. And uh, that was, a, that was you know, the moment I, I was certain that, okay, this is what I want to do in my life. You know, I want to make, I want to make shows that have an impact. I want to make, you know, um, you know, whether it's movies or whether it's films or whether it's, uh, you know, OTT or it's uh, television, I want to do stuff that makes a difference. And I think that's where the journey started. Um, I did a lot of projects with, uh, you know, production houses like uh, Intermore. I think that's one of the key uh, initial, uh, you know, production houses I worked with. Um, It was really interesting because at 23, I was, working as an executive producer and working on shows like Fear Factor and Big Brother, international formats, which are, you know, uh, very, very challenging to produce and kind of adapt to Indian sensibilities, right? So uh, they were very marquee projects in my life. And uh, gradually I realized that, you know, um, running it as an executive producer, there's a lot of creativity that kind of goes in problem solving, which was my sweet spot. I realized that if I understood the creatives, I could then solve the problem better in terms of logistics, right? I could better understand the budget. I could make the entire show more, uh, not just visually amazing, but also make sure that, you know, we meet a certain budget and a certain margin is better and we make profits, right? right. So I think knowing and understanding the market in terms of all aspects is is so, so important for people, uh, you know, who are entering uh, in the space of media because if you just enter and you're like, okay, this is what I want to be and this is all I want to do and you kind of, you know, disregard the other aspects of making a show, you kind of are limited in terms of your input. So I feel it's very important to learn constantly and be very open to, you know, feedback and just, just grasp on the way every day is a new day. So uh, it's, it's, it's a fantastic journey to kind of uh, take forward. So yeah, that's how, that's how my journey began. And uh, becoming a creative director for me um, has been, has been an amazing journey. I think the power to actually tell a story 
the power to actually, you know, create your own format. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, we take it lightly. Like today I'm like, oh, okay, you know, uh, I'm working on this show and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm creating this format. But when you got to think about it and you actually kind of, you know, in your time and you, you, you sit back and you think, you actually have the power to impact people, right? You actually have the power to change just the thought process, maybe. Maybe not really, you know, change lives. That's too dramatic. But, you know, try and change the thought process, at least, you know, in the smallest way possible. So I think, I think that, is, that is the power. And I think that, that is what, that, I mean, it drives me every single day. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's a beautiful journey to kind of embark on. That's so brilliant. And, you know, you're right, Rima, when you say, like, not every show is going to change lives, but definitely it changes thought process. Think of how hooked people get on new Netflix series or new reality shows. People are invested. Yes. So it's, it's almost like they've got a stake in the program, like they invest with the characters or the personalities. And it's, it does become almost like an obsession or even a way to connect for sure. Very true. Very true. And, you know, it's about those stories that you tell. If you're able to, you know, touch a few people with your real and authentic stories, and if you think that, you know, they can probably, you know, have some kind of, you know, change in the way they think or the way they process things, just very small, minute things, I think make a difference, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's, it's, a, it's media is, it's, it's, it's like a ray of hope, you know, for the future. If you, <laughs> that's the way I look at it, you know, it's, it's, it's that tiny crack that maybe, you know, uh, can bring about a change. So I think, I think we should really respect and value that we have the, ability to you know be here and just you know um have the power to do it so yeah it's it's incredible I love your outlook on that I really really appreciate that outlook so I have to ask because you're making it sound so easy and I know (laughs) this job is anything but easy so what are the most challenging parts of your role would you say ah okay so I think the most challenging part about being a creative director is being updated constantly Uh, it's very very important for you to stay slightly ahead of the curve read research watch you know as much as you consume is better because remember I I always look at one thing that today my viewer is probably on the screen for at least five to six hours average consuming content right so you got to be ahead of that. you got to be someone who is being able to process and think and create ahead of that time, right? So you have to be very updated with what you're doing. You have to know, uh, you know, a lot more. Uh, you have to read and just kind of make sure that you're ahead of the curve. Um, the other very important aspect is, uh, I think, uh, being very disciplined. It's, it's... I think it's important for, for all aspects, for all careers, for anything you do in life. I think uh, discipline is something which, which you can't teach. It either exists or it doesn't. Right? Wow. And uh, if you're passionate, truly passionate about what you're doing, it just comes naturally. You don't have to try hard. So I think, um, I think discipline, being visionary, not having an ego, listen to your teammates. I love it when I, 
whenever I whenever I'm in a position to you know uh, have meetings with my with my teammates, I love to hear what the intern has to say. I love it. For me, it just sometimes just I'm like, oh my god, this is interesting, you know, and they just surprise you. Suddenly they'll be like, you know, I I saw this on social media, or you know, maybe you should watch this, and it'll be completely off what I have seen or I have kind of you know consumed. Right. So just be very open to to feedback to what people have to say because I think I think it's a team effort. It's it's it doesn't it's not one person who's doing anything, right? It's 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 like a crew of like fifty, hundred. 200 depending on what the show is so so i think being very open to you know feedback and not having any ego is it just takes you a long way so yeah that sounds amazing it's very rare that you hear people that want to hear what the intern has to say <laughs> <laughs> like honestly i i intern because i used to be a teacher and then i quit completely caught i was like nope i'm not going to do this i want to go work into media so i started from the beginning i didn't have a clue about anything um and it was very like tough trying to get heard by certain people. So it's so lovely to hear you say that. Yeah. No, I think I think it's important. It's I remember reading it somewhere. Everybody kind of walks around with just feeling that are they very important to this equation, right? Right. And if if you start kind of if you can if you can make somebody realize that every every minute that they spend on your set it, it matters and it's of value and you can actually probably have a value addition in your team as an effort. I think, I think those things are just, just, I think, I think they just, you know, um, add to the energy or the vibe of a set. Yeah. yeah. It's unified. So that energy is kind of different. So, yeah. <laughs> Rima, I know that you've worked on a lot of sets. I did my research and I've seen that you've worked on a lot of shows. So I have to ask, what is your, proudest moment or what's your favorite show if you can pick <laughs> that you've ever worked on <laughs> okay uh, that's a tough one that's yeah a question it's a very tough one <laughs> uh, I've done quite a few uh, projects uh, uh almost like maybe like 40 45 projects so it's oh, hard. just a few <laughs> just a few but no I still feel every day is a new day and a learning process I don't think that's enough I think you know I, I mean I don't want to ever, ever think that, oh, this so much in my life. No, I haven't. I'm, I'm still starting to start fresh every day. Yeah. You know, I don't want to kind of uh, ever feel that I've done more uh, or, you know, done enough. But uh, if I was to choose one particular show, um, I think I would go with uh, one of my recent shows that I've worked on, just called MTV Hustle. Okay. So basically the one-liner of the show is, the, it was about finding the next rap sensation in the country. Um, a lot of original music, a lot of rapping. It was very, very fun, cool vibe. Okay? But the reason why it's very close to my heart is because it had a very strong message. Um, the way we kind of put across rap was not just entertainment. It was about the right kind of messaging. So you have the young rappers of the country, beautiful talent, fantastic people, um, talk about, you know, um, whether it was bullying in school or whether it was farmer suicides, or it was rape, um, or it was very, very hard-hitting and real conversations, right? And imagine those those young kids writing songs about this and, and you know, communicating this in, in a platform where you're almost, it's, it, it became like a revolution where people started actually talking about their problems and were not shy about it. We're yeah. not, you know, uh, feeling that it makes us any lesser, you know, when you talk about your problems and your problems. So I think 
you know, like I was talking about small impacts and small things that kind of bring about a difference and the right kind of messaging. It's super hard. It's super hard to do it with entertainment and excitement and make sure you get numbers. It's very hard. But if you hit that sweet spot, I feel like that's, that's when, as a creator, you just, you just feel, you know, very happy about, about those journeys. So, so I think that would be one project that I would uh, really, you know, I feel has kind of been amazing. <laughs> what was the age range of the rappers? So they ranged between 18 to 26, 27. Wow. Young, young. Yeah. And that's just so lovely as well, because, you know, people always think if you're not in the rap world, you think it's literally just the stereotypical about women or about money but as you said they turned into something so powerful that's that's that sounds amazing and when you when you were working on that show or even other shows what's like one of the hardest thing you've had to encounter during a show or production or anything like filming it so non-fiction in general is hard right because right you know, <laughs> every day you walk into set and you're like Oh my God, <laughs> there's a new problem I had. How do I solve this? But uh, I think that's also the fun part. That's the reason I love nonfiction. I, I love to kind of you know challenge myself in a space where I'm like, oh, okay, let's now think of a new way to <laughs> to find a solution to this problem. Um, if I track back, there was this one show we had done. It was called Troll Police. It was uh, basically about, uh, just to give you a one-liner, it was about a confrontation between a troll and a celebrity. So you're talking about uh, cyberbullying, you're talking about these secret, you know, keyboard warriors, so to say, who are, you know, secretly going in and writing, you know, on, on your on your post or, you know, saying mean things to you, whether it's body shaming or whether it's stop shaming or whether it's about, you know, relationship you're having. Basically, I'm talking about anything in your, in your career, in your life, in your, you know, I just, it's just, just, if you're a woman, especially, you get told a lot. So, we spoke about, so the idea basically was an internal format. Like, it's it's important to talk about this because yeah. people are doing this and no one's really taking trolling as seriously as it should be taken because why should anybody, and especially celebrities get, you know, trolled all the time. And it's not like normal girls don't, but celebrities get trolled a lot more. So why not be in a position to kind of, you know, talk about how do we change that? Why would somebody troll you? Like, what is the psychological thought process somebody's going through to actually do that to you yeah. right so um so the, the concept of the the format when we internally discussed it with our teams whether it was the legal team or you know the creative team and they were like you cannot execute the show this we we're very sorry it's a great idea on paper but uh, sorry this is not possible because you cannot legally uh, hack into someone's account you right cannot- legally you know follow somebody so there are many areas which are which are concerned when it comes to the legal aspect of it right right so these trollers have big accounts so they're not going by the real name so you have to somehow track to who they probably are friends with on that account then track to you know uh where they've probably last kind of put in their checking what their location is so you have to do a bit of ethical hacking so to say right Slash detective work. <laughs> yeah, stuff that is legal. Stuff that yeah, is yeah, legal detective work. Right? 
had no idea about this honestly then i was I mean, it was very new to me i i didn't know you know the nitty gritties of what ethical hacking is right and uh, i think me and my team were like no this format has to happen let's get into research mode let's make sure <laughs> you know we read up everything and talk about what the lawyers have to say what kind of case studies we have i mean <laughs> went into a full lawyer mode and uh, did our research and had multiple meetings where you're literally sitting in a boardroom and it's very intimidating when you're in these settings okay you're sitting in a boardroom with like these 18 lawyers who are representing the company and they're like okay, so you cannot do this format blah blah these are the reasons I'm like okay how do I defend that <laughs> yeah cool so I think those uh, that was one of the most interesting uh, you know shows that I made because we we actually managed to make the show it won multiple awards critically and even otherwise. So I think, I think being that, you know, taking that extra step and uh, going with the conviction that you have in a format is something which I really, you know, I, I cherish from, from, from that particular show. So, yeah. You are an absolute boss woman because for a second there, I thought you were going to say, we had to change the format and, you know, make it a bit more scripted. But you were like, no, we did it. And we won awards. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> I, I can just tell like from the way you speak and how, how you're talking about these things that you are probably the top problem solver like I've been in rooms where it's like oh no how are we going to do this so it's just so brilliant that you found a way to ethically hack I love that <laughs> I try I think being innovative is important and not giving up is important learning is important and those are the only things I stick by just Keep at it. <laughs> I love that, Reem. Honestly, it's so brilliant. And I need to ask um, if you could work on any show that you wanted, uh, whether it's been created or not. Obviously, I don't. Know, I don't think you ever want to give your special ideas away. But what show would you love to work on? As much as I, I love the kind of content that's there out now, because I think it's especially COVID changed a lot of things in terms not just consumption, but just the way the number of shows that are out mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's beautiful. The range is, the palette is amazing. It's fantastic. Um, I don't know if I want to stay at one particular show. There'd be too many. Yeah. And to be honest, for me, the real happiness and the real challenge lies in creating something from scratch. It's been, it's, it's always been something that I, I try to do. I try to, you know, create my own formats and do new things wherever I go. And that for me, I feel is more rewarding and, uh, uh it's more, it's just more satisfying, you know. And there are days that you your show will flop. It will not, it will not do well. It will not trade. It will, you know, have absolutely no value in the in the in the plethora of shows that are running. But um, the happiness in creating something from scratch, I think, uh, has its own charm. And um, for me, especially at the stage that I am in right now. I think that is very important. I want to do something um, in, for Meta. I want to do something in the PR space. I'm trying to, apart from the MBA, I'm doing. I'm trying to read up as much as I can on PR storytelling, and uh, just trying to, you know, um, uh, try and do something which is going to be drastic and different, and just excites me and to be more at the end of the day. That's so brilliant. And do you want to tell us a little bit then about your decision to take the MBA? I know we discussed it a little bit before, but tell us what made you want to think, you know what, I'm going back to school. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's uh, that's actually quite a crazy story. I'm going to say that. <laughs> so after I quit um, MTV on June 2021, after almost like six years with MTV as a creative director, oh. I uh, got a phenomenal opportunity, dream job, 
to work on this project for Dharma, which is basically a number one production house. And uh, they were producing a show for Netflix at that point. So working for Netflix as a creative director is an amazing opportunity. And uh, that's what I actually wanted to do. And I, 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 I bought the, you know, I literally, I got the opportunity to do it. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is, you know, more than one day. Uh, I started the project. It was almost a couple of months that, you know, I developed it. It was going uh, beautifully. Um, however, there was a point where um, there was a personal commitment that kind of came into the picture. And I couldn't, uh, you know, say no to it. I was in this, in this dichotomy of choosing personal and professional um, a decision. It was very hard. It was, it's the hardest place to be in. It was, it was probably, probably the first time that I was in a situation like this where I had to choose. Right. And it was hard because I had my dream job on one hand and I had, you know, a family situation on the other. So it was, it was kind of like the, the worst decision to make. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I chose my family. I, I actually had to come and uh, be with my sister. So I did that. She's in the U.S. I quit my job. I flew to the U.S. And uh, that's where the story actually began because it was the first time I was... Uh, I was actually, I had the time to be still. I had the time to think. I had the time to process. I had the time to really evaluate my life, you know, because there was no call time. There was no sending emails. There was no like waking up and like, you know, going crazy in terms of, you know, what is happening on the show, what's happening on the show. It was none of that. It was just so much calmness and stillness. And it was scary at the beginning. I was like, I don't even know how I feel about you know, not going to work every day. <laughs> it's very hard uh, because when you've been working for so long, it's, it's, you have a routine. It's, it's very hard to, you know, not have that routine. Yeah. Um, but I think that stillness just made me, you know, realize what my true calling was, what, uh, you know, I needed to do more. I just knew I needed to do more. And I don't think I still have the answer. Uh, I just knew that I had to do more than what I had done so far and I needed to change my life drastically because these times are very critical you know if you don't take those decisions if you go back to doing what you're doing your life is going to be the same mm -hmm. and I wanted to change my life I wanted it to be drastic so I actually took off on a vacation I traveled so started off with Hawaii <laughs> it was beautiful <laughs> that's amazing I think traveling solo just does that to you because you know, you start talking to yourself a lot <laughs> and you start listening to yourself a lot more because, uh, you know, it's just, it's just you having all your this by yourself. So you listen to yourself and your thought process. So I think that was the transition for me where I was like, you know what, I think I should study. I think um, I should, uh, you know, change things around. So I started applying while I was on my vacation. I said, let's use this time. Uh, I started applying to colleges and, uh, I, I flew back after a good four or five months mm -hmm. and realized, okay, and I got government admission. I got my visa done and I'm here. I'm in LA now and I'm actually studying and I'm so happy. I'm back, back to the learning curve, back to, you know, starting life from scratch, giving up my house, giving up my family, my friends, everything. But, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm ready to kind of embark on this journey. And I've been lucky. I'm in LA. I'm very close to Hollywood. It can't get better than this. <laughs> exactly. And you know what, Rima? 
I love that you're like the living example of the fact that in the creative industry, your role will always evolve. You know, people think that it's just an end goal. Once you sit there, that's where you're going to stay until the end of time. And I love that you said you want to go towards the digital marketing space and you know you want to change your life and you want to do something different. And I think so many people in the creative industry need to hear that because sometimes we feel like it's a destination rather than understanding that it's going to constantly change. Change is the only constant. It it literally is. And I think if you don't uh, evolve every day with that thought process, if you don't go to bed every day thinking, oh my God, I have to learn something new tomorrow and be a better human being and be a better professional, then you're limiting yourself. And and that's no fun. <laughs> and that's, that's just no fun. No. So yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. I completely agree with that. And I wanted to ask then, so the people that might listen to this and are in a similar position to you or want to work in the space that you're in, what do you think are the necessary qualities? You've mentioned that you have to always be open to learning and you've got to consume a lot of content, but what else do you think is necessary to succeed? Uh, so showing up <laughs> starts with that. <laughs> Make sure you're always already <laughs> Or on time. Yeah. Uh, no, I think uh, the bigger aspects are definitely, you know, it comes with uh, research, it comes with learning, it comes with being open-minded. Uh, having a certain kind of vision is very important when uh, you have a certain vision for your team or your show. It starts with just knowing that this is what I want to kind of build. You know, this is my universe and this is what I want to build. If you have an idea about that and if it's joined effort that kind of goes into building that it just automatically makes the product more exciting and it makes your journey more exciting so um uh, being real being authentic very very important very very key to your journey because you're telling your story so if i'm telling you my story if i'm not real about it or if i'm not authentic with who i am or if i'm not sure of who i am if i don't know who i am i can never tell you anything that's going to you know have any kind of impact on you right so i think being Real, being authentic, knowing who you are, knowing really knowing who you are, is it's hard, but that's the process of of learning. You know uh, how to kind of be a better creative resource to any company that you're with, and be fearless, innovate. Don't have, don't limit yourself to cultures, to people telling you, you know, this is not right or that is not right. Do not, do not uh, be be scared, be fearless. I think that takes you a long way. So yeah. These are the key qualities. (laughs) Rima, when we first started this conversation, you said to me that I've never done an interview before and I might need pauses. (laughs) You actually owned this session. You didn't need to pause. You didn't need to do anything. Honestly, like that was such a pleasurable talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm so happy. (laughs) Honestly, you absolutely smashed that. Like, thank you so much for joining us. And I've taken away so much. Genuinely, and I just know that all our listeners and anyone that watches this is definitely going to take away the same thing. So, thank you so much for giving us your time. Oh, thank you so much. I think uh, gratitude goes a long way, and uh, you know that's literally the only thing that keeps you going. So, thank you, and uh, thank you for choosing me. I don't even know how you guys got in touch. It stays a mystery. I was like, how did they even find me? <laughs> We're detectives like you, really. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it's been such a lovely talk. And of course, 
once it's all out, we'll tag you and everything. And I guess all I can say is best of luck with your MBA. I can't wait to see what you're doing like the next few years. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, 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 pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much, Rima. Honestly, I really appreciate it.